the gospel according to Luke chapter 19, verse 41 to 44. As I said last, we encourage everybody to have a Bible. When you flip those pages, it helps you to remember the scriptures. This iPad and iPhone thing is killing Christians. When you mark something in your Bible, you can always remember to go there. But you can't remember where it was in the iPad. So flip those pages, write on them. The first Bible that I had when I gave my life to Christ, if you see that Bible, you will take it. Because everything the Lord spoke to me, I wrote inside the Bible. Unfortunately, I went for a crusade. Somebody saw that Bible and stole it. So get a Bible. The Bible says, search the scriptures. It didn't say, open your iPad. Search the scriptures, like opening pages. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 19, verse 41 to 44. The Bible says, now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, if you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you and close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground, and they will not leave they will not live in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. Father, we give you praise again. We give you glory. It is written that your word cannot come and go back void because it has a purpose to be accomplished. I pray that you speak to your people this morning. Let every heart be blessed. Let every soul be endowed with the grace of your word. Thank you, Adonai. Receive all praise and glory in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you this morning on what I captioned, understanding the time of your visitation. Understanding the time of your visitation. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying this morning? Understanding the time of your visitation. Understanding the time of your visitation. There was a businessman in a town in Nigeria. And you know, in this town where they sell, in these big uh, shops where they sell electronics, you could have a street with about 100 stores. So everybody prays to be favored by God. This man has been praying, trusting God for the breakthrough. Because sometimes, just one customer can change your destiny. Just one customer. Just imagine that Amazon is about to open an office in Virginia. And Amazon says, supply us computers. Just that one order can change your, your, your life and your family. And so this man was trusting God for a breakthrough. Trusting God for, for God to do something that will change his life. And one day, God actually sent him a customer. He had been waiting, trusting God for this customer to come. While the customer was coming, he said, let me just go and use the restroom. You know, when you go to use the restroom as a big businessman in those stores, you kind of block your door so that nobody can get in. And a big businessman came, stood at the door, and was wondering, who, who is here? And a man was in the restroom. And then the neighbor opposite said, oh God, what do you want? And then a the man moved to the store opposite and made the command in the store opposite. And when the man came back, he said, who was here? The man was already in the store opposite, signing the check.
for the order he was about to place. I pray for somebody this morning that on the day of your visitation, you will not be absent. Amen. Your amen is so weak. Your amen is paralyzed. I say on the day of your visitation, may you not be absent. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. On the day of your visitation, may you not be absent. Amen. amen. As we go into the scripture this morning, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1, it says, For everything there is a season, and there is a time for every matter under heaven. He goes for that say, there is a time to be born and a time to die. A time to mourn and a time to laugh. Every activity under heaven has a time and has a season. And if you're a child of God who doesn't understand times and seasons, you'll keep missing the blessings of God. But when you understand times and seasons, you enter into your destiny. You enter into the blessings that God has for you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, it says, For he says, In a favorable time I listen to you. In the day of salvation I help you. Behold, now is the time. We always talk about God's time is the best. The Bible says now is the time. What you are looking for may be now, but the manifestation may be later. But now is always the time. So you can decide today to change the course of your life. You can decide today to determine what is going to happen to you in the days ahead. Because the Bible says, now is the time. But as we go deep into the scriptures we read this morning, the Bible opens by saying that as Jesus was going close to the city, he saw the city and he wept. The very, the very first question that comes to my mind is, why is Jesus crying? Jesus is God. Why is Jesus crying? Because the thought crying is of people that are weak. People that are helpless. How will God cry? But you understand that there is something in theology called the hypostatic union of Christ. Meaning that even though Christ was man, he had two natures operating in him at the same time. He was both God and he was both man at the same time. And I'll show you this from the Bible. Some other people believe, like the Nestorians, they believe that Jesus had two natures, but he was two persons. They didn't believe that Jesus had one personality. They believed that he was two people living in one body. That is why at certain times he will function as God. At certain times he will function as man. Then there is another uh, train of thought, which is called monophytism, which says that Jesus had just one nature, and he was completely God. So to them, all these things Jesus was doing like crying was just drama because Jesus was completely God and there is no way he could feel pain because God cannot feel pain. Then there is a last thought, which is what we believe, that Jesus was man, but at the same time, he was God. He had his humanity in him and he had his divinity in him all at the same time. And we see this in the Bible because when you read the Bible, you discover that as God, he was worshipped. But as God, as man, he worshipped the Father. Is somebody hearing me this morning? As God, he was called, as man, as God, he was called God. Consider in John chapter 20, verse 28. But as man, he was called the son of man. As man, he was born by Mary. But as God, he created Mary. Do you understand this? Even though he was the one who created Mary, as man, he had to humble himself. Read Philippians chapter 2 and entered into the womb of a woman to be born. As man, he was hungry, but as God, he's the bread of life. As man, he was thirsty, 
but as God, he's a fountain of living water. He was both God and both man at the same time. What a God we serve. I can keep going, but there's a lot I can, I can share with you this morning. Then he goes further to say that, if you have known, even you especially on this day, the things that made for your peace, if you had known, and then he wept, the greatest problem of the church is not the devil. Let me say that again. The greatest problem of the church is not the devil. Many of us are good at binding and casting. But our greatest problem is ignorance. The Bible says my people perish for lack of what? Not lack of prayers. Lack of knowledge. It is knowledge that is causing many Christians to perish. That is why we take time to teach the scriptures because if you pray, pray, pray with that knowledge, you can pray even the wrong prayers. There are some of you fasting and praying for things that God has already given to you. When you get knowledge, you take access. You, get, you, take, uh, you take what God has given to you without fasting and prayers. But when you don't have knowledge, you can spend time praying for something that God has already put in your bank account. My people perish for lack of knowledge. I read something in the Bible that is very interesting. We have always known that heaven is a place without tears. Heaven is a place without sorrow. But when you read Revelation chapter 7 verse 17, you read Revelation chapter 21 verse 4, the Bible clearly says that God will wipe away their tears. Talking about the saints that will go to heaven. So if there is no crying in heaven and no sorrow in heaven, why will God wipe away the tears of the saints that go to heaven? Now, theologians believe that these saints will not be crying because of sorrow. They will be crying because their eyes will be open to see what they should have had when they were here. Uh, your eyes will be open to know that maybe God had destined you to be a senator in Virginia. But you were working in one company for 1325. You start crying, oh my God, oh my God. Maybe God made you a minister, but because your eyes were too close, you were a house in somebody's house. And that is what they say to be crying. God made you a general overseer, maybe of a ministry, but you were somewhere struggling to go to church. When their eyes will be open, they will start crying. And then the Bible said, the Lord will wipe you and say, don't worry, finally you are still here. You still made it. I pray may you not cry when you get to heaven. Amen. I say may you not cry when you get to heaven. God shows, God is going to open eyes to show that you were supposed to be a business owner, an employer, but you're here struggling to get a job. And then you start crying, oh, if I saw this. That is why Jesus wept. He says, if only you knew the things that God has destined for your peace. If only you knew. And he wept because the people were so ignorant. Then he says, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Listen to me. When you are in ignorance, everything seems to be a mystery. When you are ignorant of what God is doing or the things of God, everything seems to be a mystery. Like the very first time I stepped foot in a Pentecostal church, and the pastor said, There is somebody here who has this kind of. I was like, This, this is all magic. It's not possible that a man can know something that was not told to him. It was a mystery. But when God started using me to do the same thing, they understood this thing is not a mystery. It just depends on where you are in your relationship with the Lord. Is somebody hearing me? If you are too far from God, everything seems to be a mystery. There is a lady who came here for prayers one time. 
And somebody invited her. I think Brother Evans invited her. When she came to the prayer that day, and fortunately, Brother Evans was not in the prayer that day. And so I gave her a prophecy about something that she's never told anybody. And then she never came back to the prayers again. So I was wondering, why would this lady not come back to the prayers? And then one day in a discussion, he said, Pastor, tell me, tell me sincerely. Did Brother Evans tell you anything? Even though I didn't tell Brother Evans what you told me. But did he kind of mention anything related to something that could be connected to what you told me? Because in her mind, there is no way a human being can have this information. When you're close to God, every mystery is decoded because God is the author of all things. Hallelujah. I pray that your eyes will not be closed. May you not be ignorant in the name of Jesus. May your eyes be open in the name of Jesus. And then he said the reason why these things are blocked from your eyes is because you did not know the season or the time of your visitation. The time of your visitation. If you read the Bible, you, talk, you, you, you know about the, the ten virgins who were waiting for the bridegroom. Just at the time that the bridegroom came, their lamps were all empty because they did not know the time of their visitation. That is when they were struggling to get oil into their lamps, but it was too late because they did not know the time of their visitation. Many Christians are struggling and fighting and praying because they don't know the time of their visitation. As I take you this morning through the scriptures, you are going to enter a new season in your life. Amen. I wish I had believers in the Presbyterian Church in this hall. I say you are going to enter a new season in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. I wish I was a Catholic priest. I'll be getting amen now very seriously. Amen. Now, for you to understand the times and the seasons that God has for you, there are three things I want to share with you this morning. Number one, you need supernatural perception. Supernatural perception. What does that mean? Stop seeing everything in the natural. Stop seeing everything in the natural. I remember one time, this thing often happens to men of God that are small or young. A woman came to look for me when I was living with my parents. She came for prayers. And I, I used to be the only one living in the house with my mother and my father. So I'll get up in the morning, I do my cleaning, I clean the whole house, everything, and I go to church for prayers. Then when she knocked at the gate that morning, my mom was not in the house, nobody in the house. I was the only one in there wearing my shorts and my white beard. And then when she opened the door, she saw me cleaning the floor. And then she said, I'm looking for Pastor Ngala. Because in her mind, this man cleaning the floor could never be the pastor she was looking for. There are many of us who have missed divine opportunities because we see everything in the flesh. If you are going to enter the season, the times that God has set for you, you need supernatural perception. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Tell anybody you need supernatural perception. I said, tell anybody you need supernatural perception. Now, the reason why this is so important, read your Bible. Most of Jesus' brothers never knew that their brother was God. They say, is this not the carpenter's son who lived down the street, whose mom is Mary? All they saw Jesus was the carpenter's son. But there are some 12 men who knew that this man was not ordinary. They left everything and they followed him. Supernatural perception. There are many of you who can be in a church like this and God is doing something marvelous. 
But your eyes are so close to perceive what God is doing. Supernatural perception. If you read your Bible in 1 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 4, it talks about the Shunammite woman. She had no child. And one day, the man of God came around. And she gave the man of God food. If you read 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 9, she went to her husband and said to her husband, I perceive that this man is a man of God. I perceive that this man is a man of God. He said, let's make room for him upstairs. So whenever he's in town, he can have a place to stay. When Elisha started staying in that house, that is when he gave a prophecy and that woman conceived and had a child. If she did not perceive the man of God, she would have died a barren woman. Supernatural perception is the first key that will make you enter your season of visitation. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Supernatural perception. Supernatural perception. What you perceive, you conceive. And what you conceive, you receive. Let me say it again. What you perceive, you conceive. And what you conceive, you receive. Meaning if you don't perceive it, you can never receive it. Until you perceive it, you receive it. The woman with the issue of blood knew that Jesus was not ordinary. He said, if I may only touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. She perceived that somebody who was supernatural was passing. While the other saw him as a carpenter saw, there were people who knew that this man was not ordinary. And they tapped into the blessings that God has for them. Supernatural perception. Number two, if you are going to enter into your season of visitation, you need supernatural sensitivity. Your Wi-Fi has to be on at every time. Because there are some people who walk past right beside the man of God or the man that God has sent to help them and they have no idea. I told this story about a prophet. I was attending his conference and he told this story himself. A prophet who lives in Kumasi in Ghana. He went to preach in Accra. And then he was driving back on a bus after being so tired. He was sitting beside a woman. And since he had he traveled overnight, preached in a Sunday service and was going back, he was so tired. Then when he's sleeping, he leans on the leg and leans on the woman. And the lady would give him a knock on his head. The man of God said, throughout the journey, his head was in trouble. Because this woman kept knocking his head, knocking his head. And then finally the journey was over. And he went home, took a shower, was about to rest. And he had a knock on the door. And when, when, the, when, the, when the houseboy opened the door, it was a woman who had knocked the head of the man of God all night on the bus, looking for the same man of God. She was sitting right beside who she was traveling to Kumasi to go and see, but had no sensitivity that this was a man that she was going to look for. You need supernatural sensitivity for you to enter your due season. Amen. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Yes. Sensitive to divine signals. Sensitive to divine opportunities. Sensitive to divine connections. I was actually in a bus traveling from Douala to Yaoundé when I was in Cameroon. And then there was a lady in the bus who seemed to be looking for a job. And there was a guy in that same bus who was talking too much. And everything he was talking about was politics. He's talking about how they are going to change this, they are going to do that, they are going to do this, they are going to start censors so that all these ghost workers in the government will be caught. 
That lady who was sitting somewhere in the back was listening to the conversation. And this is what I noticed. The man who was talking to me was sitting somewhere beside me. And when we got to a certain town, one person dropped. That lady who was sitting at the back changed her seat and came and sat beside the man who was talking too much. And then right there, she removed her file and said, boss, I'm looking for a job. Maybe you can help me. The man said, take your documents to MTN tomorrow and tell the director that I sent you. That is when I realized that the man talking too much was a senior divisional officer. He said, tell the MTN director I sent you. Supernatural sensitivity. The man who was supposed to give, him, give her a job was right there in the bus. And the lady did not miss that opportunity. There are many of us who walk past our miracles without knowing. We walk past the people that, have, that God has sent to help us without knowing. Some of you ladies walk past your husband without knowing. When you have supernatural sensitivity, there are things you cannot miss. Hallelujah. There are things you cannot miss. Read your Bible. After Jesus resurrected, this story is so interesting. He appeared, and then he was traveling from, 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 to Emmaus. If you read that story very well in, in Luke chapter 24, from verse 31 to 32. He was traveling to Emmaus. He appeared to two of his disciples, or his followers. And then he was asking, what is going on in town? They said, have you not heard that Jesus is finally, he died and he resurrected? The disciples actually went to his grave, the grave was empty. They were saying that to Jesus. And then Jesus started saying, how come that you don't understand the scriptures? He explained the scriptures to them. The Bible also says that when they got to their destination, Jesus pretended as if he was going further. And the people urged him to come into the house. And then while he came into the house, the Bible said their eyes were open. And then they knew that that was Jesus. Then Jesus disappeared. So all through the road, they were walking with Jesus. They spoke with Jesus. But there was no sensitivity to know that this was the Son of Man. May you not miss your season. I say, may you not miss your season. Hallelujah. May you not miss your season. That is why I tell Christians, there are certain times in a service, you know that this word of God that is coming is not for everybody, it's for me. You have to react because you know that God is blessing me in this service. Or maybe there's a prophecy that nobody has identified with that prophecy and you know that this is your condition. You don't just sit and say amen. You have to respond like God is talking to you. Supernatural sensitivity. May God increase your sensitivity. I say, may God increase your sensitivity. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Our attitude sometimes in church shows we are not sensitive. Like when we say amen, some people don't respond. When you are sensitive to what God is doing, you are, and like I say, your Wi-Fi is on every time. You catch spiritual signals. When God sends a signal, you catch it first because you're sensitive. Hallelujah. Because you're sensitive. Listen. God in every service is always trying to bless somebody. It's only those who are sensitive to divine signals that receive that blessing. Those who just see us in church and they just come here, they sit down, watch places and go, they always miss that blessing. But when you understand that God is here, you are sensitive to everything that God is doing. And that is how you step into your due season. May God increase your spiritual sensitivity. Amen. In the name of Jesus. 
And lastly, if you are going, if you are going to actually see the time of your visitation, the time of your visitation, you need supernatural knowledge. Supernatural knowledge. The Bible clearly says in the last verse, the reason why these people were not able to access all the things that God gave them was because they did not know the time of their visitation. Secondly, they did not know who exactly Jesus was. All they saw Jesus to be was, he was a carpenter's son. They did not have knowledge to understand that this man was not just a man. He was God in the flesh. There's a popular scripture that we always read. In John chapter 8, verse 32, the Bible says, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But let me tell you the truth. Let me tell you the truth of this scripture. What you know don't set you free. It's what you know and practice that sets you free. The Bible says, even the demons believe and they tremble. So demons are believers, but they're not Christians. Because they know, but they don't practice. Many of us know that it is more blessed to give than to receive, but we don't give. We know in our heads, but we don't practice. There are two kinds of knowledge in the Greek language. The first kind of knowledge is what they call in Greek, gnosis. Gnosis is head knowledge. The kind of knowledge that you store to pass an exam. Most of us have did physics, geography. If they bring us back the same exam that we wrote, nobody will pass. Why? Because we were not studying to practice. We were studying to pass our exams. That is gnosis. Some you just cram in your head, you cram the definitions, you pass the exam, and once you're done, you delete everything. That is gnosis. There is another kind of knowledge in Greek. This knowledge is called ginosko. Ginosko is experiential knowledge. For example, when a woman who has never given birth before says labor is painful, what kind of knowledge is she talking, is she talking from? Gnosis, because she's never experienced labor. But when a woman who has given birth to children says labor is painful, this is gnosko because I have felt the pain. Is somebody hearing me? So when the Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free, it's not talking about what you know in your head. It's talking about what you know and you practice. Ginosko. What you practice is what is going to set you free. It doesn't matter how many scriptures you put in your head. If you don't practice those scriptures, you can never be free. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Ginosko. What you know. There are some things you know that people think you're crazy. Let me show you this from the Bible. When Naaman went to Elisha and complained about his leprosy, what was the prophet's response? He said, go wash yourself in Jordan seven times. Naturally speaking, is this not crazy? But people understand spiritual things, know that this is not about what I learned in school, it's not physics, it's not, it's not geography. Spiritual knowledge is higher than natural knowledge. When we say, God says, bring 10% of your income to church, it sounds crazy. But people on, who all know spiritual things know that this is not natural. This is supernatural knowledge. Let me show you again another scripture in the Bible. If you go to the, the, the story in 1 Kings 17, about the widow of Zarephath, when Elijah met this widow at the gate, and he said, 
What do you have in your house? The widow said, only small flour and oil for me and my son to eat and die. And the prophet said, go, make a loaf of bread for me first. If it is today, me and pastor come to your house. I said, what do you have in your account? He said, just $200. Throw I said, give it to me. What will you say about me? False prophet. All they want is money. But after she gave that bread, the Bible said for three and a half years, there was food in her house. For three and a half years, for her son, for her and the man of God. Supernatural knowledge is what you don't get from school. You don't get this knowledge in university. It is God that gives it to you. Is somebody hearing me? If you are going to enter your due season, you need supernatural knowledge. Supernatural knowledge. That is why Apostle Paul prays in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 to 18. He said that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. He said that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of this inheritance in the saints? So until you know, you cannot get access to the riches that God has for you. I told a story and I'm telling you to close. About a little boy whose father died. And when the father was dying, the father gave him a, a, something like a credit or debit card. And the boy looked at the card and said, well, this man was very poor. I don't know why he gives me this card. He took the card, classified it, and put it somewhere on the wall. He said, this is the only thing my father ever gave me. So I keep it somewhere very safe to remember. And this guy grew up, was struggling. He went through school struggling. He, went, he couldn't pay his rent. Everything was by, was by struggle. He couldn't buy a car, struggle. Finally got cancer. He couldn't afford a cost. He finally died. When he died, the landlord came with his people to keep them out of the house, keep their family out of the house. As they were cleaning the house, they saw that paper that was classified and they took it off. It was a debit card. They called the number on the debit card. It was a bank. The bank said, who has this card? They told the, the bank, he said, we found this card in this place. And the bank agent said, ever since for about five to ten years, this card has been so dormant, we decided to suspend the card because said, there's too much money in this card. We are afraid that if the owner of this card is not using it, somebody else may be using it. So please come to the bank so we can sort things out. When the guy, the family, the family of the late guy went to the bank, they discovered that their card that their grandfather gave to their father was actually a debit card with a lot of money. All he needed to do was swipe and pay for anything he wanted in life. But he died because he did not know that the key to his destiny was in his pocket. Like I said, there are Christians who are fasting and praying and weeping and crying because they don't know that the debit card to their miracles is right in their pocket. May God give you spiritual knowledge. I say, may God give you spiritual knowledge in the name of Jesus. May God open your eyes to see beyond the natural. That is why there are things we do that doesn't make sense to people. I was talking to a lady in Maryland who attends our conference call. And she was saying, Pastor, how can I give? Say, because I don't want to give through any bank account or anything because my son that I live with is not a believer. And if he hears that I'm giving to a church, he will go crazy. 
And there are people like that who don't understand spiritual things. And they some, sometimes they convince you, Christian, how can you give all this money to church? But when you understand spiritual things, your actions are different. Your behavior is different. Hallelujah. We don't operate by natural rules. We operate by supernatural rules. The rules that govern us is not the rule that govern the people of the world. May God open your eyes to give you supernatural knowledge in the name of Jesus. As I close this morning, may God give you supernatural perception. See your amen. You are not even perceiving what I'm saying right now. I say, may God give you supernatural perception. May God give you supernatural sensitivity. May God give you supernatural knowledge. Amen. Amen. Can we stand on our feet? Let me ask you a question. When Joseph was in Egypt, and after he interpreted the dreams of Pharaoh, Pharaoh said, we need somebody who is going to manage all the abundance that God is going to give to us. And the Bible clearly says that Joseph was appointed and he became the manager. Where did Joseph learn all the things that he did in Egypt? From what school? Supernatural knowledge. God is about to give some of you knowledge that you baffle your boss. Where did you learn this thing? How do you know this thing? Supernatural knowledge. I don't know what you heard this morning, but somebody talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Somebody talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Somebody talk to the Lord. I can't hear people pray. Talk to the Lord. 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 Supernatural knowledge. Talk to the Lord. Cassigate the Brosco machine to Kada. La Shindia got domrecate bonsu. Le Shingiata Kransa Bodos, La Sikiada Bansa Pradaski. Oh my God, give me supernatural knowledge, supernatural sensitivity. Kisumbra de Kraski Belekonswamido. In the name of Jesus. Now open your eyes and watch me. One of the things that is keeping many of us where we are, like I said, is we're not open to knowledge. We are not open to knowledge. There are some people who were brought up in the Presbyterian church. And if they go somewhere and what they are doing is not Presbyterian, they're like... Or you are brought up in a Baptist church and you go somewhere and since everything you do is not Baptist, you're like... If you're not open to knowledge, you will never receive. Is somebody hearing me? You have to, be, you have to open your spirit to the Lord so God can make deposits. There are some of you that when you hear people speaking in tongues, you think it's magic. Because you grew up in a church where they taught you that speaking in tongues was not for everybody. So now you're wondering, why, why, why are they saying that, Baba? What is that? Supernatural knowledge is not what you get from school. The very first day I stepped foot in the Pentecostal church, I thought they were all mad. I'm like, Gamba, Gamba, Gamba. What are they doing? Because in the church we come from, we all just stand. The pastor prayed, the Lord, Amen, and we go. But when that knowledge came into me, even in my room, I can't be still when I'm praying. Are you hearing me, somebody? Be open to the Lord. God wants to do something with your life. 
Don't let religion keep you down. Open your spirit to the Lord. Let the Lord use you. When you come to church and they are praying, join the people and pray. Even if you don't know what to say, just walk and say hallelujah, hallelujah. Talk to everybody, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Before you know it, that spirit will jump into you. But when you come, you sing and you're like, hmm, they can pray. Ooh, look at that sister. Hmm. You remember like that till Jesus came. But when you are open to the Lord, before that same spirit that causes people to be on fire will jump into you. Supernatural knowledge. Is somebody blessed this morning? Is somebody blessed this morning? Now I want to pray for some people, just two people before we go. I want to pray for Sister Anne's please come. And Sister Mavis, please come. Yes, come. Now, you, th- you thought that you came to this service by yourself, but the Lord brought you to this service. I don't know if your husband told you already what I told him, what I saw. Did you discuss that with her already? Okay. <laughs> That's what I said, the Lord brought you to this service because you don't even know what is going on. I'm not even going to tell you what is going on. When you go back home, he's going to tell you what is going on. Amen. Amen. And I was wondering, I was wondering what exactly, when exactly I'm going to pray for her. But I was walking here this morning, not to that God is bringing her to church. And then I saw your text say you were coming to church with your mother. I was like, wow, this is awesome. I'm going to pray for you, but you will not even know why I'm praying for you. But you will explain to me what I'm praying for you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray for you because last time, the Lord gave me a revelation about you. There's a lot of greatness that is in your life. A lot of greatness. Your life is like a well. You know, when a well is full, water flows out of the well. But it looks like there are certain powers that are preventing that water, that well from flowing. And the Lord is saying, He's going to take away those hands that are limiting your well from flowing. Listen, in this country, you're going to make money. Amen. You're not going to say amen. You're, you're not sensitive. <laughs> I see you are going to make money. You look at me like I'm, I'm a false prophet. Like, you don't like money. What you make, you bring it to me. I'll use, I'll use it for you. Like, we have the same bank account when they, when they enter, I'll tell you. <laughs> Amen. Those hands shall be broken. Can we just stretch your hands and close your eyes? Close your eyes. I need two ushers to stand behind it, please. <coughs> please stand behind it. God is about to do something in their lives. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. I thank you because you reveal to redeem. The entrance of the world brings light and it gives understanding to the simple. Today, in the name of Jesus, I come before you, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Standing before you today and standing in front of your daughter today to proclaim this freedom, this emancipation that you've released over her life. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I command every hand, every hand that is opposing your progress, broken now, broken now, broken now, broken now, broken now. I command it, break now, in the name of Jesus. Break now, in the name of Jesus. Break now, in the name of Jesus. My God, at the count of three, let there be an earthquake in the camp opposing this girl. Let there be an earthquake in the camp opposing this girl. One, 
two, and three. I announce your freedom now. 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 In Jesus' name. Whatever was designed to limit you in this country is removed today. It's removed today. It's removed today. It's removed today. It's removed today. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Just give me a chance. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. Because you are the God of due season. You are the God of due season. You reveal to redeem. I stand here today, Lord, to proclaim the redemption that you have given to your daughter. The word says, when the enemy shall come, sweeping like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall raise a standard. As I hold hands today, I release you. I release you. I release you. In the name of Jesus. Let the anointing come upon you now. The anointing of the Holy Ghost. The anointing of the Holy Ghost. The anointing of the Holy Ghost. That obstacle is removed. It's removed. It's removed. It's removed. It's removed. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Can we give the Lord a clap? Now, keep standing as we close. Close on time, you know. One of the things we're trying to do is not to be a black people church where we just stay in church all day. That's why I'm encouraging you to change. I know you're black in color, but change in your mind. Our header is GMT, then it's BMT. The GMT is Greenwich Meridian Time. Then BMT is Black Man Time. We never go to anything on time. Somebody said the only place where a black man goes on time is at the airport. So, so, so they won't miss their flight. The only place. Let's change from late coming. Amen. I want to apologize again for all the inconveniences that many of you went through last Sunday for uh, the planetarium. But it's even God that helps some of you to go back because many of you would have missed it. Because the show starts at 3. And when it, when it starts, the doors are closed and you can't get in. And 75% of you are going to get in after 3. So you you will still miss it. <laughs> so <laughs> next time, three is three. Amen. Amen. Three is three. Last announcement before we close. Every 6 a.m. on Tuesday, for those of you who break your fasting before six, and those of you that are working in the evening, I'm going to be praying every Tuesday at 6 a.m. on the conference line. So connect on Tuesday morning, pray to begin your fasting. Some of you are not very strong to go all the way till evening. And you want to end at 2 o'clock. After you pray in the morning with us, you can continue praying throughout the day. Then you can break your fast. And if you have time in the evening, dial the conference line and let's pray together. Amen. If you were blessed this morning, can you just begin to thank the Lord, give Him praise?